You're listening to Educare Radio, providing free learning resources to international educators and students. For more information on our nonprofit programs, please visit www.mr.us. That's www.mr.us. I'm your host, Stephen Van Hook. Welcome. Today the topic is something important to all and any of us who post our words and work on social media and virtual platforms, those who may create three-dimensional in-world builds or write blogs or produce podcasts or even just post comments on a news site. It's become an issue of digital legacy as we wonder what may become of it all when we pass away. We're joined by Bud Turner. He's a retired science and technology teacher and computer network engineer living in New Mexico. He is now spreading the word about digital legacy. And we're also joined by a repeat friend of the program, Matthew Burp. He's a scientist by education and avocation, and by trade, he's a patent attorney in Texas for some 20 years. Bud and Matt, we're glad you're here. And, Bud, I caught your presentation on legacy rights for the Science Circle. I hadn't thought much about it before, but I sure am now. And why, why is this such an important issue? Well, it, it seems that although we have ownership and, uh, and copyright on uh, real-world objects, it hasn't really been addressed in the digital world. And really, there's so much uh, art and other creations that are happening digitally nowadays. Uh, We need some way to uh, establish ways to perpetuate that, to either pass it on to uh, family members or archive it, or at least pass ownership on to others that can be be able to uh, maintain this stuff in the the digital world. Well, what got me involved was having a good friend uh, die unexpectedly uh, over a year ago, and... I found that trying to maintain his uh, sights on uh, Second Life, uh, I couldn't do it because I didn't have permissions, and so had to go kind of around about to be able to at least uh, keep that stuff maintained. I've been seeing uh, some news reports uh, of losses that people have suffered because they didn't uh, think about this beforehand, passing on their digital rights. Uh, Some of the recommendations I've seen, well, first of all, make sure their passwords get passed on or left in a sealed envelope, perhaps, and also to check on what your state law is on your executor's access to social media accounts. That varies from state to state. And and also to keep an ongoing and updated inventory of your online assets. Matthew, let's talk about protecting our digital footprints. Uh, people posting blogs and posts on social networks like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and so forth. And people who register domain names and create websites and archive emails and share photos and perform music. Are these digital items also considered property uh, just as much as a coin collection stuck in a sock drawer? Well, from uh, an ordinary law perspective, I think what might be applicable is copyright law. So if you create any kind of a work of authorship, that could include sort of a virtual world builds as well as possibly, you know, your YouTube content or your Instagram content, anything like that by 
uh, copyright law gives to authors of works the right to reproduce and uh, create derivative works of their work of authorship. There are a couple of requirements to achieve copyright status. One is that the, the work has to be original to you, and it has to be fixed in a tangible medium. And I think nowadays digital fixation does qualify as a tangible medium. So I do think that the creators of content uh, online would qualify as authors for copyright purposes. I should say that it is important to register your copyrightable works. I think everyone believes that uh, copyright is a natural right, and it is. The, the right attaches to you at the creation of the work. But those natural rights are very weak and almost impossible to enforce. Copyright is a federal law. It has to be enforced in federal courts. And... Federal courts will throw out any lawsuit you bring to enforce your copyright if the copyright is not registered. So that really registering your work is a first step to enforcing your copyright in court. And it's an actual fairly simple step, isn't it? It is. That is I was just going to say that. That's exactly right, that registering copyright is pretty simple and inexpensive. The Copyright Office website has kind of a, a registration wizard software that you kind of go page by page through it, answering the questions and you upload your work to the Copyright Office. It costs about $45 to, to upload your work to it, you know, if you can do that digitally. Something else to take a look at is the terms of service on these different platforms, isn't it? It varies between platform and platform, what kind of rights they have, you have, your heirs may have. For a lot of these platforms, the terms of service that you agree to when you create an account oftentimes dedicates your works to the platform. I believe this is the case with Second Life, and uh, I think also uh, it may apply to other platforms, maybe even YouTube or uh, Instagram and so forth. So one thing I think that has been an issue, especially with virtual world platforms, are how enforceable the terms of service are, that whether you really do essentially assign your creative works to the platform. There's a little bit of a, seems to me a little bit of a conflict possibly between copyright law and these terms of service. I don't know whether this has ever been resolved through litigation or anything, but copyright law holds that the author is the owner of the work, right? And so the author, of course, can then transfer that ownership to the company they work for or to a publisher or something like that. But that has to be done through a written agreement. And and in fact, this is often why when you hire, let's say, a graphic artist to create a logo for you or a media consultant to maybe produce a video for you or something, ordinarily, that person you hire, they would own the work because they're the author. So you always want to be sure in those instances that they are doing that work for you as a work for hire. And you should have a writing that makes it clear that they're doing it as a work for hire. And that way you own the work. It's transferred to you by this written instrument. But I think it's arguable whether terms of service really rise to the level of the proper kind of written transfer, uh, whether that has ever been tested in litigation or maybe what academics are thinking about that particular issue. It's a little bit interesting to me. 
Bud, how about any statements that you might write, uh, especially in states where there aren't laws governing this, a letter that you might issue on your behalf, granting somebody access to your account? Would that be of help? A couple of people have told me that they've done that. I think that's a good idea. I probably have an attorney go over it to cover whatever can be and then, you know, share that with the providers also. Well, the loss can be substantial, isn't it? Not just perhaps the financial value on some of the works that people have created, but the hours and hours and hours that goes in, especially in virtual worlds with some of these builds. What do you think is lost when these digital creations simply disappear? What's the value there? Is it the knowledge lost, the artistry lost? Is is there a cost to society? Matt? Well, yeah, isn't that interesting to think about? Um, I do think that there is a, a bit of a loss. Some of these platforms are so mature now that they have historical landmarks and they have their own institutions and they have kind of their own history. And I think just like we like to preserve historical landmarks in the real world, for the very same reasons, there's value to preserving them in the virtual world. Do you see any major gaps that the law should be addressing? This is all new technology as a society. We're still trying to figure out this social media, let alone some of the legal aspects of passing on the rights. What what do you think are some of the more critical issues that the law, maybe uh, legislators, need to address? Bud? Well, just that. I think people need to get in touch with their state and federal legislators and make them aware that digital creations should be protected just like real world ones because up until now really all of the providers have a very narrow point of view about intellectual property and if it's been created on their servers then it belongs to them regardless of who created it or how so you know we lose educational art and even philosophical stuff all of which makes a difference to our culture matt Perhaps we could look at maybe lobbying the platforms themselves to modify their terms of service or do something to, you know, now that these platforms are mature enough where people have had extended experience with them over years and have really created, you know, really significant works, that the platforms themselves should recognize that reality and work with their users to perhaps create uh, some protocol that where some of these works could be preserved. So that might also be an option. But, uh, you know, the, the fact that it is hard to give advice about it at this stage, I think just demonstrates that it's important to have the conversation. It's only by talking about it like this that people will uh, really begin to maybe formalize some procedures where you could preserve your digital legacy. So we're just at the very beginning stages of, of how that's going to maybe one day resolve itself. Just putting the topic on the table. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to talking with you in the months and uh, years ahead. This is going to be an issue that I think is only going to get bigger and bigger. Our guests today were Bud Turner, an educator, technology expert, and advocate for your protected digital legacy, and Matthew Burr, a patent attorney with some useful tips for creators and innovators. Thank you both for helping to protect our creative rights, and we'll be right back. To find direct links to the materials mentioned in this podcast, please visit wwmr.us and click the podcast link at the top of the page. 
That's WWMR.us. It's a nonprofit program providing free learning resources to international educators and students. These materials are freely available for educational use. Enjoy.